Hello, my fellow felines, and welcome to another edition of the Almond View podcast with myself, Jake Pointer, and handsome content horny panellists, Owen Innes, Thomas Fro, and Mr. Stephen Bovey. Hello there. This week, we'll be discussing the back-to-back victory, yes, you bloody heard me, against the Smelly Cabbage Men and the Arabs Dundee United. Also, we will have another interview lined up for you as club legend Brian McPhee joins us for a chinwag about his time at Livy and his overall footballing career. Lastly, we'll have an update from our resident ladies man Thomas, who will have an update with all things going on with the Lionesses. Now, Liam sends his apologies tonight, but you can't blame a guy for wanting to spend time with his new wife instead of us absolute gimps. So, all uh, congratulations again for Liam for just getting married on Sunday. So, grab yourself a Bailey's. Turn on the Christmas tree lights, put on your Livy slippers and relax to Livingston's number one oral arousal service with us here at the Almond View Podcast. So we have two games to discuss with the boys this week as Livy shagged their way to back-to-back victories against Hibs and Dundee United with matching 1-0 scorelines. So there have been a number of highlights recently, but let's talk about our guy Jack McMillan. Thomas, what have you thought about him over the last couple of weeks? Oh, it's been rejuvenated. rejuvenated. Sorry. Sorry, I've not been on in a few weeks. Uh, I need to get my words out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I need to get used to this again. <laughs> too much talking on Sunday night, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing we're kind of relating to his move to central defensive midfield and becoming Livingston's new Parlo. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, he, he's been pretty mega, hasn't he? Um, I thought, kind of, all the games I've seen, he's been, he's been unbelievable. He's he's put in some shift getting around, and he's done. The work that you kind of re- a player in that position is required to do in this league, um, you know, he's he's making the challenges. He's covering every blade of plastic or grass, depending <laughs> where we are. I'm sure that that joke's been said before somewhere, but um, <laughs> but no, he's he's been absolutely fantastic. And I don't think it was a, it was something that any of us would have called before this move being so so successful. I know that there is a bit of a precedent for kind of wide defenders move into that role I think due to their kind of their tackling and their work rate but you know I, I don't think if anyone, any of us had said we're moving a wide player into the middle I thought we would go oh fuck it's Bartley into, into wing back all over again but it's it's been an absolute success and, and, and fair play to him he's taken the opportunity and he's become you know in that position if he keeps playing like he is he's one of the first names in the team sheet for me because he just solidify, seems to solidify the team so much, obviously chipped in with a goal as well um, against against Hibs and getting into those positions, probably, probably positions that he wouldn't get into so much if he was playing out wide. But you know he's getting into the box, he's making chances for us, and you know fair play to him. It's been it's been a bit of a Martindale masterstroke for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, for a time we were actually crying out for him to be playing left back because we thought he, <laughs> he thought he did so well at that time. So I think that's credit to him. I'm just seeing how good a player he is. He's when he gets told to play somewhere, he you know he does well. But I mean, 
from the midfield players that we've got, I never thought he would be getting in ahead of them. And so um, there was a bit of an incident with Boyle following in the box with the penalty. Uh, absolutely get it fucking up him. Uh, but it's kind of nice to see maybe a little bit of luck coming our way on. Do you think it's a case of getting luck or do you think Livy have started to make their own luck now? I think it is a case of we are just getting the rub of the green now for a change. Um, I mean, that, that was never a never a penalty. I mean, he's, he's literally stepped on Parks's foot and ended up just tripping over himself, really, mm-hmm. for that one. And I mean, the, the, the penalty as well. I mean, I don't know what on earth you're thinking, like, blast it straight down the middle and end up taking out three or four GoPros behind the behind the thing. But then I think where where the kind of luck comes into it, I mean, it's stupidity from Boyle to try and hit a penalty that hard as well. Um but I think where the luck actually comes into it is a little bit later on in the half when Jack Fitzwater wipes I can't remember who it was, but he does wipe somebody out in the box and that should have been a penalty. Um, and then arguably there was maybe one a wee bit later on as well where there could have been a, a second penalty for, for Hibs. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a Nisbet one? Yeah, I think so, yeah. One one of them was Nisbet. I think Nisbet was the second one. I can't remember who it was for the first one. It could have been Nisbet as well, actually. Um, but do you know what was great Like for us like in that sort of second half? I mean, we brought on Io for Parks. And they brought on Dodge and Allen. And see, in the second half, you never even heard from Dodge or Allen. Like, you never heard them mentioned in commentary whatsoever because mm-hmm. we were just bossing the, like, every single area of the park. We just completely and utterly bossed. There wasn't a single player, in my opinion, from that Hibs game who played any less than an 8 out of 10. Like they, it was just a phenomenal game for from a Livy perspective, of course, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yet we should have scored more. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I've been thinking over the last few days, and what I've kind of been discussing over the last few days with people has been like it with our last two performances. Yeah, we've got three, we've got six points from our last two games and played very, very well, but they're very narrow wins. We've dominated the games, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, Nisbet could have uh, really sucker-punched us in the last minute in the Hibs game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there again, we've we've caught a little bit of luck there with, with Nisbet unable to hit a barn door with a banjo right at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think we are starting to kind of carve out our, our only bit of luck. Um, obviously, I'm not going to talk about the Dundee United game just now because we'll move on to it. But, you know, it seems to be things are now starting to fall into place and uh, I do want to credit Mr. Stephen Povey for saying we will beat Hibs, we will beat Dundee United and we will potentially go the whole of December undefeated so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, I'm, I'm, I'm really on, looking forward you? to Saturday and getting to what will only be my third league match of the season so I'm really really looking forward to it this time so Absolutely. Positive Povey's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on to yourself, Povey, I think there was only one person that we could spe- uh, speak to about this because you've been championing this player for a really, really long time and I feel now he's kind of starting to kind of get the credit he's due. Uh, talking about Alan Forrest, surely first name of the team sheet now. Yeah, uh, he's 
definitely getting the credit he's deserved. And, you know, that's two fantastic games he's had. Just so, so nippy. What we've needed, like, put, taking one of Owen's points from maybe like a week or so, maybe it was last week's uh, edition of Diamond View when uh, you were saying about how <laughs> we're not getting in the box enough. Now, those last two games, Forrest was making sure that we were getting in the box, you know. Um, looking at both goals, Forrest was in there for the start of it. If you think about uh, the goal versus Hibs, he sort, of, uh, he, he sort of started the move that then Shinny crossed it in. What a ball, by the way. Uh, and Shinny deserves a lot of credit for that because I heard a couple of boo boys in the stand in that, uh, in, in that Hibs game but before we'd scored any time Shinny was kind of losing the ball. Um, but then, what? I mean, that was a touch of class, passing that to McMillan. And then, uh, as saved Forrest in the Dundee United game as well, he sort of made a start to that move, which, again, we won the penalty for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just, I mean, even without those goals, he's, the thing is, when you're watching it, you're like, I'm not still not a hundred percent confident he's going to score like every time. See, once he gets a goal, like if that one quite early on against Dundee United had gone in, like as soon as he scores, I think he'll just be flying again. And that and much like you know, I obviously I, I gave a lot of credit to him last season. Like always brought back the point of we wouldn't have had that cup run if he hadn't scored all those goals. Um, but I think as soon as he gets a goal, hopefully on Saturday, dare I say it, it's going to happen on Saturday for us going to score a baby, and that'll be that'll be us on our big winter winning run again. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah, definitely couldn't agree more um, with anything that you said there. Moving on to the Dundee United game, I don't think we did much wrong. Um, wouldn't say I say definitely from the, from the highlights, much more solid. Going forward against Hibs, um, what what do you think, Owen? Uh, would you kind of agree with that, or what was kind of your evaluation if you if you were going to compare the performances between Dundee United and Hibs? We were definitely a lot more leggy against Dundee United, but the first half was still the intensive pressure that you know that we that we've been showing. We were still we basically ran ourselves ragged for. You know, 90 minutes against Hearts, 90 minutes against Hibs, 90 minutes against, uh, and then another 90 minutes, sorry, against Dundee United. Um, so by the end of the Dundee United game, they were starting to come into it maybe a little bit more. Um, I think we got the penalty at just the right time because I think if we didn't get a penalty or, yeah, I think if we didn't get that penalty, the chances were the game might have turned in the opposite direction. I think Dundee United might have been able to smell a bit of blood and been able to perhaps snatch a win or potentially, you know, like a, a nil-nil draw, which still wouldn't have been a bad result considering how many games that we've played now in very, very quick succession. So, yeah, we, we started to look a wee bit leggy. Um, again, though, I, so kind of going back to what Povey was saying there about the Boo Boys with Andrew Shinney, not going to lie, I probably was, I, I, when I spoke about his last couple of appearances, you know, playing as the number nine, he's not a number nine, he doesn't suit a number nine position whatsoever, but he sets up a, you know, great opportunity for Jack McMillan, 
against Hibs and obviously he scores and then he also basically gets barged over um, or not even barged over, it was like a brick wall was put in front of him and <laughs> he, he basically uh, the wall won basically and then ended up, you know, obviously for the, for the penalty as well, so um, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he was playing as a number nine in those particular scenarios when, when those things happen, so you know um we made some we made some decent changes i mean anderson yeah i think anderson does have a lot more to do i was listening to davy talk about anderson and specifically about the penalty if if anderson was still on the pitch then anderson probably would have snatched the ball off of io and uh wanted to take the pen himself uh so he was kind of glad that io was on the pitch and anderson wasn't at that particular moment uh, and I think, to be honest, as, as soon as I heard on the radio, because I was, because I, I watched the first half, listened to the second half, because I was driving through to Livingston for Liam's win. Um, and as soon as I heard we got a penalty, I, I immediately just went Io, and he's not missed a single penalty since he moved up to Scotland. So I was very, very confident that at that moment it was going to be one nil. I'm not going to lie, I was still shitting myself, but. It was. Uh, I, I was just glad that it that it ended up um, that it ended up happening. So, yeah. In in terms of the game, we did start to look a wee bit leggy, and I'm glad that we do have that week off. And as Davy said, Ross County have a midweek fixture, and we don't this week. So, that's another positive kind of going ahead. Look at you know, and especially with a home game for us coming up on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be uh, uh, another big week for us, uh, despite the fact that we're not playing. Which is which is good. So, yeah, yeah, it's starting to look a wee bit leggy. But I think you know, as if that same starting eleven is available from, or the majority of that starting eleven is available from from the wins from the Hibs game and the Dundee United game, I'd be sticking with that as as uh, as closely as possible. Paulie, just uh, talking to leggy, just thinking about uh, Montano, one of the most unorthodox players I've seen in my life. Like he is, man. I like I said for ages, like I oh, th- this will be the week he scores. This will be the week. I'm now I'm not bothering saying that anymore. But still, three of their players, and then it was like, and he still fell over. Let's be honest. But still, like, see, like, I remember when that happened. Like Forrest didn't even bother running with him. But then when he lost the ball, like Forrest actually he ended up getting it, and it ended up being quite a not bad wee assist, even though he fell on his arse, you know. But. Uh, He's just such an interesting player. Like, I, like I totally get why we're playing him uh, because he is so direct. But uh, I don't know. He's he's still yeah. to win me again. He could do a goal. Like he could do a finish in one of these times. But um, what a, what a strange sort of <laughs> what a strange player. Like it's so funny. <laughs> but I think I think Montano and Forrest are very similar players. They they, they um so. Like what you say, as soon as as soon as one of them gets a goal, it will only turn positive really from there. Um, but like I like Montano tries really really hard. He gets he does everything. It's at the last minute that it falls down, and it's the same for Forrest. Forrest will skin, you know, every single player on the park. He'll run up and down the stand, you know, somehow keeping the ball in play and doing all this amazing stuff. And then he gets in front of goal and fucks it, basically. 
Like every single time, like it, it, it's it's quite frustrating to watch Forrest. And there was a couple of occasions, especially I think it was in the Hibs game specifically, where Forrest went for the spectacular, and I'm I'm sure Jack McMillan was wide open, like nobody marking McMillan whatsoever, and he could have slotted him through. Fair enough, we might not have scored or might have missed again or whatever, but it's when Forrest is on his left foot, and rather than thinking someone's open there crying for the ball but I'll take a shot with my weak left foot and it'll trundle into the arms of the keeper so anyway yeah yeah. I think Montano and Forrest are quite similar players I think once they get a goal I think we'll be on to something and it'll be this weekend so let's let's pause it put a bet on it Povey if you actually put your money where your mouth is 2-0 Livy, Forrest and Montana to score. Come on. 3-0 Livy, mate. Okay, 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to give a bit of a shout-out uh, to everyone that travelled up uh, to Dundee at the weekend. I thought you were absolutely incredible. And from my feed, all I could hear were Livy fans the whole day. And definitely something that, you know, if it wasn't for C3, we would pretty much be quiet. You know, it'd be even. You know, can't say that they sing all the time, but it can be. Don't know. I always sometimes find that with Livingston, we're pretty quiet until we score, and then we're pretty quiet again. And it's only I think sometimes as Martin Dale may emphasise how much of a difference it does, it does make when everybody's kind of again the boy. So what do you? I mean, what do you think about that, um, Povich? How much do you think that Dundee United performance was pushed by? A group of twenty guys screaming and losing their losing their voices. I was absolutely raging because uh, I was going to go with Connor, and it was only in the morning Connor got back to me and was like, "Nah, uh, nah, we'll give it a miss." End up Sado putting up a Christmas tree instead. Uh, lovely. I know, yeah, lovely. But come on, I can't believe I missed that. And as soon as I turned on. Uh, the feed, and I could hear the fans, I was like, ah, oh, I should be there. But yeah, no, like, I mean, Martindale said it all, like, uh, that's that's exactly the type of away game I love to go to, like, one where it's just singing daft the whole time. And you know what, like, all the, all the games where we do that are memorable for a start, so I reckon everyone that was at that game, that'll be up there probably with their favourite away game in the season so far, or that I bloody missed. But also, like we tend to, we tend to perform and get a result when it when it's like when the fans are are uh, on that form. So, and you know, like think of the last time the Levy fans were at Dundee United. That's that was a absolute party. So, mm-hmm. like, I uh, I'm annoyed I never went. So, cheers, Connor. But uh, <laughs> yeah, nah, well done, everyone that was there. I'll see you at the next away game. I'm no missing the the next one. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Io, we've kind of mentioned already, back in the team, scoring a winning goal, Tam. Do you think once Parks is kind of fit again, they'll have a bit of another head scratcher for a decision for the for the back four again, or what do you think? No. No. I mean, Parks did okay, but I think Io was clearly a better player. He's clearly more the future it's a non non-starter discussion for me. I the oh. the in the Hibs game, um the the player that frustrated me most in the first half 
Liz Parks. He gave away the ball a few times in dangerous positions, just didn't play his passes. Like the, his passing was kind of all over the place, which mm-hmm. was so kind of unlike the rest of the team as well. He was the kind of the one player that probably, you know, he, he still he played well, but I think it was. Did he come off at halftime because of an injury? Was that a knock that he got? Yeah, he got yeah. a knock. I, I thought Davia just hooked him at halftime, saying, right, let's get Ayo in the park. Um, but not. You know, you know, I think it's always good to have depth, so his place is there. But Ayo is our nailed on starter. He's got a bit of personality about him, which I think, you know, it doesn't always reflect in football and ability, but it's just something I think he gets the fans going a wee bit you know he's a he's a big lad he wins a ball in the air and I, I think he's a brilliant player to have at our team um, so nah I think he's nailed on at centre half forever give him a lifetime contract sign it always I think it's real. interesting that you say that Iowa belies the future and he's only like a year younger than Tom Parks is he, is he <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got you there, Tam, because we've not heard from you. Well, I'm going to send my last question to you as well. So, what do you think about January time? Uh, do you think some people are going to go? Do you think we need strength in certain areas? Uh, I saw a rumor of uh, Jamie Walker potentially being linked with us. What do you think about that? All those three things I mentioned. I hope you were listening. <laughs> I, I wasn't listening. No, I'm <laughs> Will anyone go? I I could see some loan deals. I could see some other deals, but I'll not talk about that. Um, but I could see some loan deals going on just to get some boys game time. I think with Nublay coming back, I think we could see Hamilton go out on loan potentially. Right. And I think he's had a few opportunities this year and it just doesn't seem quite there. So maybe I'll be another another spell down someone else maybe like hopefully the championship like or just send him to Falkirk and see what he can do at Falkirk so if he can keep them up then fucking miracles do happen um, <laughs> no, no, no. regards to incomings I'm trying to think where we need depth because I, th- I think I think we've got like our starting 11 right like especially mm-hmm. with how like boys like Omiongo have come on to a game recently I mean he's been unbelievable recently mm-hmm. Over, you can tell me where we need some depth oh goalkeeper no goalkeeper <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say massive credit to Max, by the way. We probably should have said that. That's two another two clean sheets in the bag. And although it was the worst penalty I've ever seen, let's be honest, it was Max's presence. That That's why he was never going to score. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just swinging out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but do we need another uh, goalie? That's what I was just going to say to Tam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need yeah. we need a keeper. Um, you know, I, I I don't think we should be looking for someone who's gonna expect to pressure Max for number one. I think we we need depth. I think I think that experiment of having a lone keeper who may or may not take Max's place kind of backfired last year a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, and, and maybe cause some of the issues that were going on. Um, but yeah, it'll be. Yeah, interesting to see who we get in because I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to get a goalkeeper in. Um, regarding this team, I, I really don't know. I think I think Nubo's like a new signing, right? He's, well, he has a new signing, but I think he he'll be really interesting to see in January. And when it comes to the Jamie Walker rumor now, you know, obviously I've kind of known about him and he's been about for a while. Obviously, coming back off a, a reasonably big injury, um, I think uh, did he break his leg a couple of years ago? 
But his, his record kind of speaks for itself, really. Like he's got was it ten goals? I've got it, I've got it up here. Ten goals in thirty-seven games for a winger. I think that's that's quite a quality return. Now, if like, I think I've seen the rumours as well, and I think I've seen that St Johnston are also interested, and it wouldn't surprise me given that their, their, their form. Because sorry, dogger boys, but you're a pish at the moment. Um, yeah, sorry, lads, love yous. Uh, but I, I think they they've probably got more funds available. Bringing like two and a half million or something, like near like was it, it was some crazy number like that yeah. on at the end of the, the transfer window, wasn't it? So. They, they've probably got more funds to make it happen because I can imagine Jamie Walker will be on a decent wage at Hearts. So I'll be interested to see. We're talking um, about taking him in on loan rather than actually. All right, okay. Well, uh, yeah. Rather we, than actually um, signing him. We have a lot of wide players, right? And Nubley can play at wide as well, as far as I know. So, you know, it seems like a position that we're kind of stacked in. Um, if he was to play more central, we're kind of stacked there as well. You know, our midfield, it's hard to pick our best midfield at the moment, kind of centrally, because. You've got Holt playing very well, Omionga playing very well, and then who do you put in front of them? Like Sibold or Pittman? Both of them, I thought, were excellent against Hibs. So it's like we, it's kind of we're in a good position, and then obviously the the Livingston Parlow Jam uh, Mellon. So you know, I think centrally we're we're pretty much sorted, and at wide we've got a lot of a lot of depth there as well. So. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't see it happening personally, but if he comes in and he scores 10 goals in 30 games, I will not complain. See, see for me on the Jamie Walker thing, it's like when you, when you realistically look at our squad and where we're lacking in depth, we need a goalkeeper. We could potentially be doing with another, like a young centre half or something like that. You know, someone to start bleeding into the squad towards the end of the season. Got plenty of left backs. Arguably, maybe even someone who can play right back as well. Because Devlin, I mean, I know McMillan can play there, but Devlin as well is really our only right back. So we could kind of be looking for somebody there. Um, we could be really using some more depth up front. Uh, so where's David Martindale looking for another midfielder? In fairness, that I, I find our right flank just totally doesn't get used. Like especially last season when Devlin oh, was playing a lot Nicky higher Devlin up. Devlin can't cross a fucking ball. That's why we never put it to the right. <laughs> well, that's why he's sending Jamie Walker. So there you go, Martindale's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if that works, then that works. I'll happily take that. But poor yeah, and poor Josh Mullins just crying at Hamilton, going, "Why would he use me?" Basically, what a shame. So I'm now going to pass you over to our resident ladies man, Tam, now to discuss the Lionesses' next game. So, who is up next uh, for um, the lovely ladies? So next is uh, Stonehaven in the the Scottish Cup. They're travelling down. Uh, from up north to play on on Sunday at the Macarena, I believe it's a twelve o'clock kickoff. Uh, so you know it's a it's a tough morning of travelling um, for the girls for <laughs> Stonehaven. True. It's it's. Uh, I wonder if that's that's tactical. You know, get them up at yeah. six o'clock in the morning to get the, the bus down. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, it's um, everyone should get down. Good support. Hopefully, we'll have a good support Saturday. Good support Sunday. You know. Absolutely, a good plug there, Thomas. I like it. Yeah. So um, we were talking a little bit before, um, just for people who, like myself, who wasn't really sure when can the SBFL teams kind of come into it. So is that is that into the next round that then when you've the kind of top tier come in, what's the kind of situation with the cup? I think so. Rebecca told me, and I can't one hundred percent remember if you said the next round or the round after. You don't believe- listen. You don't no. listen. 
Uh, we actually I, spoke I, about this at the weekend, guys, as Thomas was absolutely fleeing at Liam's wedding. He can't even <laughs> edit the chat we had. <laughs> I no, I can't, I can't remember, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it's, it's either the next round or the round after. But okay. I, I think definitely in the next round, you'll start to see at least SPFL 2 clubs come in. Okay. So there's some kind of reasonably sized teams in there, but your big teams, your Glasgow Cities and your Rangers and Celtics will come in either that round or the next one after that. So hopefully they can make it through that far. And what's kind of the ambitions um, for the club uh, regarding the cup? I, I think I think it's just you know to go as far as he can and, and you know potentially get a big draw. Uh, I, I've watched some top level Scottish women's football, and technical technically, I don't think they're a million miles away at all. I think the big difference is with the fitness and the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. I think the game's a lot faster; they're a lot fitter and stronger. So the, the kind of show they can get an idea of where they might be because technically the top level isn't that far uh, away from the level that the women's team are playing at. It's mm-hmm. it didn't seem that way to me anyway when I went to the Hibs Hearts game at Easter Road um, mm-hmm. a month or so ago. So you know I think I think they want to get as far as they can obviously and prove themselves against a big team. You know and away away to a Celtic or a Rangers or a Glasgow City. You know a lot of these girls know women that are playing for these teams so it would be kind of big for them mm-hmm. the girls that they've grown up playing football with and you know just just see what they can do you know get a bit of publicity get their name up there a little bit get, just make themselves known a wee bit more which would be mm-hmm. good yeah brilliant and I see the the league still going well I think they're in second at the moment what are the kind of upcoming fixtures do you still think that they, they're on track to what they want to achieve um, I, where, where are they at just now just going into Christmas break yeah, so it's quite tight at the top of the league. There's only um, kind of four points covering the top five, so it's uh, it's very tight. But uh, you know they're sitting second. They're doing well. They've only lost one game this season. A couple of draws, which have maybe they struggled with, which are probably games that they should have won, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they're doing well regarding fixtures. So the league actually kind of closed up. Uh, not like November twenty first. I think the last league fixture was, and mm-hmm. they've had a couple of great results in the league last game on November the 21st uh, they beat uh, Morton 3-0 uh, travelled through to Morton uh, t- again tough tough journey beat Falkirk 8-1 which we love to see yes. we love to see us beating Falkirk Put 8-1 horning again yeah. it's Thomas Throw on the fuck Falkirk podcast <laughs> um, and then they don't have another league fixture until the 16th of January and then there's only five games and then the league splits in two so that's when, you know, no they, they need to be at the top half and they need to be up there close on points mm-hmm. because those the games after the, the split are the big ones because they've played all the teams around them, I think, twice. So they need to go into that split and just you know, they need to turn those draws into wins. Because as I said, lost one game this season, probably shouldn't have lost that, drew mm-hmm. two games, should have won them both. So they need to turn those kind of bad results into wins and if they do that they'll win the week if they win all their games they'll win the week that's what I'm saying basically Michael Owen school of punditry right here <laughs> our next guest to old school Livy fan surely needs absolutely no introduction he was integral to both our second division and first division winning squads in 1998-99 and 2000-2001 respectfully he floated round the pitch like a butterfly and stung many teams like a bee. It is, of course, the bee himself, Mr. Brian McPhee. Yes! 
No, not at all. Out of curiosity, where did the B thing come from? From Livingston. Do you know, I think it, I remember, it, well, I can vaguely remember it was just one day somebody shouted, come on, feed a bee for the stands. And, you know, and it was like, oh, okay. And then it kind of stuck. And then, and then it was a case of, it was dead cheesy though. And somebody says, you know, I, once, once I heard the kind of rumour a wee bit more about them getting used in this, and they're like, but why do you do that? And then it was because he stings the fences. And I was like, oh. I can't tell people that. I can't. So you were. So was. Is it. Is it one that you've you've stuck with over the rest of your career, and you're quite happy that it's there? Or you know what? I still get called it to this day by people. Even my pals call me. Even even my email address is the B. Well, so even even well, even my new Reggie in my car is the B. That's how it finishes. Oh, B W. <laughs> Before we sort of get into things properly, Steve, Mr. Stephen Povey's got ten quick fire questions for you. So, Povey, if you want to take over, yeah, I just to get us warmed up, really random, but just go for it. First answer. Yeah. So, prawn cocktail or melon? Oh, uh, melon. Hogmanay in the tune or in the house watching Jackie Bird? Oh God, in the house. Maybe watching Jackie Bird. Biggie or Britain? Oh, no, that's no fair. I'll need to go, I'll need to go Jerry Britton. He was my roommate. <laughs> yes. Red Ash pitch or plastic pitch? Red Ash all day long. Character building. That's it. Glasgow or Edinburgh? Oh, Glasgow. You didn't even finish that sentence. Glasgow all day. <laughs> all right. Glasgow or Levy? Oh, Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eagle or Alexander the Great? Eagle. All right. Eagle or Brotto? Eagle. Yes. Mince and tatties or mince pies? Mince and tatties. And finally, Livy Lion or Fireman Sam? Livy Lion, all day long. God bless him. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just that. Nailed it. So, we'll crack on with some questions then. So, you joined Livingston. In the summer of 1998 from Airdrie. However, uh, I was reading that you did have trials abroad in both the Netherlands and in Greece. Uh, so what was it that convinced you to join Ray Stewart in Livingston at that particular time? That was... Do you know, the, the, the trials were on my... Set, on my After my two-year at Livingston. I'd already done two-year at Livingston. And it was before my next contract. Before I signed another contract. Um... What had happened was there was there was kind of talk about you know going to, not going to sign for Livingston and going to sign. There was, there was a there was an argument, a small argument about wages. You know, I, I wasn't asking for the world, but um, the, the heels were dug in a wee bit. Uh, so it landed up that my agent Ian Redford, um, who who done the who done the first deal for me to go to Livingston, says to us, "Well, there's there's other opportunities out there, Brian." Uh, so I went over to Greece and, and it was for Skoda Zanti, who played in the same league as Panathinaikos and stuff. But, um, I, but at that time, my kids were very young and there was no, there was no British schools, British speaking schools where I was going to be living. And so so kind of, and, and me being like a, a, a Glasgow boy, a homeboy, 
um, I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't right. So I went over and was kind of, mm, I, I don't fancy this. I, I wasn't feeling it. But on the way home, um, my agent phoned me, um, Ian, and he's, uh, he says, listen, Den Hag want you in Holland. He's, and I was kind of going, I, I, I said, over and I ended up going to Den Haag just went flying through for like Greece over to Den Haag um, I stayed there 3-4 days, played a couple of games scored in two of them um, and still wasn't feeling it you know. and, 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 and then I just came home and then I, I signed my, my contract with Livingston um, my, my second contract um, but there was a there was a wee bit of, there was a wee bit of argument with that. It was, it was, that's just how I went to uh, Den Haag and stuff because um, when my contract was up, Jim Leishman came to me and says to me, "Right, this is what we're offering you." And I says, "Well, no." I says, "I've just finished top goal scorer, you know, and stuff." And I said, and, it's, and, and believe me, honestly, it wasn't a lot of money. And he says, "Well, you're not getting it." And I says, "Well, I'm not signing." And he says, well, fuck off then. I went, are you okay? So, as I was leaving the stadium, um, David, David Hayes stopped me. And he's like, what are you doing? I says, well, I'm done. Uh, Alicia says I've not got another contract because he's, he's not going to agree to their terms. I think he was, see, to be fair, Alicia, I think he was just playing mind games with me. You know, I was like, well, fine, I, I can walk out here and I know I'm going to get another contract somewhere because I've just had a successful season. And I think that was the season I won the player of the year as the Motorola player of the year as well. So he's like, no, no, we can't do that. But anyway, one thing led to another and my agent came in. <laughs> we saw, the, the contract was sorted out in five minutes. And then Leash came to me after and went, well done for holding your grand kid. And I was like, you bastard, you put me through all that for... <laughs> but that was loose for you, sir. You joined, uh, that would have been the same summer as experienced heart striker uh, John Robertson came in as long as, as well as David Bingham. And regularly you played as part of a front three with those two players. Yeah. Did you find it quite easy to form quite a quick bond with, well, you know, three players who've obviously never played together before and just forming this three up front parts. Absolutely. See, David Bingham, he's got to be one of the best players I've played with, to be honest with you, because he was so, and obviously Robbo with all his experience as well, but Bingy was so clever. You know, it just, some of the passes with that left peg he has were just frightening. Um, and many a time he put me through and go, and, and, he, and he knew how I played. I was, I was quick. So he, he sometimes he didn't, he just put it into the space. Brian will get that. You know, so the 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 bond and and it was there, but I think the only downfall for me was um, was I was a race just super sub. I, I I was I I played a lot. I came off the bench a lot for for a uh, Livingston, um, and and it was just it was unfortunate because it was frustrating. But in the same breath, if, if the team was still winning, what, what, there's nothing I could really say. Quite near the beginning of that season, uh, we were put out of the 1998-99 Scottish League Cup in the third round, uh, where we were beaten 3-1 by Kilmarnock. However, the score was 1-1 after 90 minutes. 1-1, uh, and I'll tell you, that was one of my nightmare games, because I, and with, that, with five minutes to go, I went round the keeper, and, and I've, he's put me wide, um, and, and I've went to just slip in and then I missed. And then we're on the extra time to get beat. McCoyston, Durant were playing fucking well at that time. 
Aye, McCoy's came off the bench. I think he was the one that technically scored what you would kind of call the winner of the third of the... Aye, uh, that's exactly what I Aye. But despite losing that match, did you feel that the squad that we had being a second division side at that time and quite a new side being kind of uh, piled together in some respects, more than matched an experienced Premiership side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, the, the, the squad they pulled together was a good enough squad for the first division, for the top side of the first division, whilst we're in the second division. And a lot of teams, you know, came up against us and didn't want to play. You know, they, they just wanted to defend against us. We, we were, um, like, say, I hate saying it, but the Celtic and Rangers of that league at that time, you know, Everybody wanted to beat Livingston. Everybody hated Livingston or wanted to beat us. But we do enjoy sort of asking this one as well. Before you joined Livingston, what was kind of your um, your perceptions of, you know, essentially a club that was only, what, four or five years old uh, at the time <laughs> when you're sort of asked to come in? What what was kind of your preconceptions of, of Livingston as a club? See, to be honest with you, see, see when uh, Jim, it was Jim Leishman that contacted me in the first place. How ironic after that story I told you. <laughs> But um, it was it, it came it, what, what happened was um, I, I was I was still at Airdrie, you know, and and there was the same thing again. There was a mess, the hang with the George people, the contract stuff. Anyway, um, he asked me about Livingston, and I'm like, I, I honestly in my hand and I'm like, who, who Livingston? I'm like, ah. and again, I couldn't think of this. Then then somebody, oh, the old Meadow Bank, right. So what happened was Leash took me up to the stadium whilst it was still getting built, you know, and was showing me, you know, we went up the back and looked doing on it and all that, and, and, and he sold me it, you, you know, and I was like, I, okay, the, you know, the, the, the looks as if they've, they've got a bit of sound investment now, you know, and, and they're going to go, and Leash was telling me the players he was looking at, and like David Brigham and stuff, and I'm going, see, pulling my legacy, you know, you know, I was like, these are all decent players, and he was talking about boys, so that, and it was in the first division and stuff, and I'm going, yeah, why did they want to come down to the second? You know, I just, but, yeah, I can, I was like, ah, do you know what, I, I, I thought I'd believe what he's telling me, and then when you, you go, to, when you went to training that summer, you were like, oh, he is pulling a squad together here, you know, this could be something good, mm. and, and obviously, um, fortunately, or whatever we look at, it did, it turned it into something great. So you ended up scoring your first goal for the Lions in a 2-1 home victory over our both. Um, scoring goals is something, I'm sure, which is always special. Uh, and at that time, Livingston were quite a well-supported club. Probably more supporters turned up back then than do now. Uh, so what was it like scoring your first goal at Ammonvale in front of the, the home crowd? You know, it's, it's one of the things where you, you always enjoy scoring. No, no, I still love scoring. Now. See if I play five-a-side or something, I still love scoring a goal. But when you, you go to a club and you, and you kind of try to prove yourself, you know, people, because some people, like, the, the, obviously, you get, there's all the media stuff now and there's Facebook and social media and everything else where they can see a lot more about players. You know, if they didn't, if they didn't really go to games, uh, uh, that they, they, would, they, they wouldn't really know who I was. You know, so, you know, so it was great to go on there and then score your goal and then people start going, all right, okay. So you, you find once you get your first goal that the fans will accept you more. Because, you you know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, Cali Thistle were, I mean, it's, it's weird to think that, like, Livingston and Cali Thistle have this sort of almost rivalry that kind of went from the third division all the kind of way up. Uh, and they were the closest rivals to the league title that season and then subsequently the couple of seasons afterwards as well. 
Uh, and only in our second game of the season, we travelled to Inverness. We lost 2-1, after which we went on a 24-game unbeaten league run, uh, which even fix- featured a 2-1 reverse home victory over Inverness, in which you scored to turn out what would be the, the winning goal. Uh, before that run was then ended in a 3-1 loss to Inverness in Inverness. the Inverness thing is just absolutely insane but what was the feeling in the squad during a a 24 game unbeaten league run it was crazy I mean we only lost three games that season and two of them went to Inverness it was crazy but it's it's just like you you go any team you win games it builds confidence so you you know you actually went in each game no, no, no worried you know, you were thinking, la, 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 what are you doing tonight? Blah, blah, blah. Just talk about whatever. But, you, you know, it, and it, that was a great thing about the, the club as well and all the players. We were all confident in what we were doing and, and we were showing it on the part where, you know, they, they paid for the second division. They were paying a lot of money for us um, for second division players, but we were producing the goods. Um, and I think uh, K- Cali, who... We're one of the teams is a very, very strong team, but they're great players in their team as well. But because they were up north, you know, it was that way that nobody no really wanted to travel. So they, they had a, a kind of clutch of decent players. It, would all, it all stayed up there, you know. So they, and if they couldn't play for Aberdeen, they were playing for Inverness, Cali and, and kind of Ross County sort of thing. So um, playing against them, we knew that they, they, they were a team. You know, you know, they, they 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 were always going to be one of the the, the close rivals, um, and and they proved it as well. But obviously, we were there. <laughs> so in amongst that unbeaten league run, we were drawn away to Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup, uh, a game which will live in my memory. I'm sure it lives in Povey's memory. Uh, lives, yeah. I would say, I would say, I've got better memories of it because it was the day before my twelfth birthday, uh, the twenty. So it was on the twenty third of January. Went all the way up there. John Robertson scored the only goal of the game. And you came on and replaced <laughs> Robbo after 76 minutes. And the Levy fans were absolutely bouncing. So what was the feeling like at full-time whistle, knowing that you'd not just ran a Premier Division team close, but this, you know, you know like, like, like we had with Kilmarnock, but we'd actually went on and, and beaten them. And from what I remember, we hammered them the entire game. Yes, yes. Basically, see, see that game. Uh, we went, we we went up there. We went up there on the coach, and we, just as we come into Aberdeen, we get a police escort. You know, to take us the rest of the way. So, no, there was nothing wrong with that. But what, what we did, we had one music on. We had like um, we kind of mind the song, but we had a song on, and every one of the players were like, banging the windies and everything. So, like, mate, let's go. We're not fucking war here. Nothing to lose. Let's just do it. Yeah, honestly, on the bus, we were all banging the wind, and you could see people looking at the fans and that, and all the Aberdeen fans and all looking at us. You know, we were like, banging the wind, you know, as if, it was, as if we were the fans. But um, we got into the stadium, and, and it basically, Ray Stewart and that just went, listen, these are here now, guys. Just go out and enjoy yourselves. You know, you've got a wee, this is getting you a wee taste for the Premiership, but just go out and enjoy it. And, and we did, and we, we got the result. So if that's what you guys were like going into the stadium... What? Come on! There must have been a wee party on the way back after as well. Then can't remember. <laughs> That'll be a yes then. Excellent. Well, <laughs> well, put it this way: see, 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 if you went 
to the Livingston car park the next morning, there would be a few cars sitting in that car park still. <laughs> That's, that's, exactly. that's what we want to hear. I mean, that so at the end of the 98 99 season, you went on to score four goals in the last six games, uh, but none was more important than in the first of May 1999 in the home game versus Inverness Cali Thistle. Uh, it was a game that we had to win to ensure we would go up as second division champions. The game started brilliantly because we found ourselves 4 1 up at half time with yourself again finding. Yourself scoring what would be the fourth and technically the winning goal. The winner. Me, Charlie King scored as well. Me, Charlie King scored. Uh, so Charlie King, uh, Paul Dees, uh, he scored. He, he scored the it third. Was it was a screamer into the bottom corner. So did did Charlie King score two, Povey? I think Charlie may have got two. Aye, I think he scored the first two, and then it was Dees, and then mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, which was, I mean, yourself, your goal was, was brilliant as well, being sort of played right across the front, being pressured and then just battered it into the back of the net. 17 minutes and essentially we all thought, that's it, game over, we're going to win by 8, 9, 10, 11. And then, of course, they come back and, uh, and it ends 4 Yeah, Squeaky bum time. Last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see, see, I think that, that was my own fault because I think we do just because I remember the beautiful summer's day as well. Uh, there was the, the stadium was full almost. But um, I think to go that early is, is everybody thought, you know, we were, we were like three and a half, 17 minutes gone and this score was ridiculous, you know, and we're thinking we've got that. And, and that was my problem. Mm. You know, we, we, we did need, you know, we kind of just laid back a wee bit and think, oh, we'll just enjoy the day in the sun now, all the fans, this is great, you know. And obviously it caught up in us, so to do that, to throw a game and try and pull yourself back in, it's always difficult. Aye, cause I was well, what I was going to ask was about sort of like, what what was the sort of half-time team taught you? 4-1 up, half-time, as you say, oh, fans and that. Well, it was, we were all just holidays but it was you know it's just the usual what you you doing all right because I think we went away that way we did go away that summer um, but it was that way we were all just like ah god me boy and you don't even think about the game anymore which is stupid you know but at the time we, we like we are pumping them we're, we're, we're giving them a lesson here <laughs> so <laughs> such a crazy crazy game like um, and then, of course, what was it? Was it like a big sigh of relief at half time when you win, and then you realise it's like we only need one point at four for now to like absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. And, I, and I think um, we're going into the four for game. You know, we, we still needed. You know, I think we needed that point. I think I scored after ten minutes or something. You, you, four, four minutes was it? I knew it was. I knew it was something. I think we were a wee bit, you know, right? Just like, let's just keep calm in the game. You know, we wrote it, the, the, the the gaffers. I like, just keep calm in the game. You know, the, the chances will come. And then I think. Well, I, I thought it was eight minutes, but um, you're saying four, so we'll go with four. <laughs> so the final game of that season had us playing four for Athletic away at Station Park. Uh, game started brilliantly with yourself scoring the opening goal after what we believe is now four minutes. Uh, now, after the game, there was a pitch invasions from the Livy fans, including myself, my dad, my brother, I'm sure Mr. Stephen Paul was, was on the park as well uh, to celebrate the players. Uh, now, I do remember there being a kind of funny story about the presentation platform. I don't know. Do you remember that? They, they yep. brought out this presentation platform and it was like like a, oh, like a trailer or something like that. And... 
they were supposed to like put blocks at either side. They went up to present, and the whole thing just keeled over. I'm sure that like Alan, uh, oh, Alan McManus, who I think was captain at the time, he just uh-huh. went flying at some point. Yes, it's <laughs> funny as that. I think um, Jim Sherry was injured then, but did Jim Sherry come on and did to get the, the trophy with Alan? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, because Jim, I think after the season, Jim Sherry got a nasty, a very nasty injury. Um, it kind of kind of fucked him after that. If I'm being honest with you, um, where were we playing? I think we were, we were playing in Spife, and it happened. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that was that was next time when it happened. Defenders, because he, 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 he snapped his knee. His knee, he, his knee cap landed up, and I kid you not, up in his thigh. So I forfa again. Um, can't remember much coming back, but I, by all accounts, it was a good day. Must have been amazing seeing that amount of fans, though. Like because that again, that was just like that whole shed was just absolutely mobbed, and what an atmosphere it was. And you know, and, and it. it I mean, pe- the people go like, ah, oh, the, the, the fans are, are huge to me. See, see, see me or any, and, and some of the other players. They're, they're huge. You go out there and it gives you a lift to see that these guys, you know, like yourselves, all traveling yeah. up here. And, you know, and people mm-hmm. say, oh, they, you know, that way, oh, we pay your wages. And he's there, you know, so it, it's great to, to appreciate the fans. I, I always loved, I loved it. Running out there and you see the other fans like yourselves, oh, up there, as they say, spending all this money. Brilliant, honestly, great. So your second season with the Lions was arguably your best in terms of your goal scoring exploits. Uh, you mentioned before you were top goal scorer, won the Player of the Year, and everything like that. Uh, your first goals came early in the season. Uh, was again to you against your former club Airdrie, scoring a quick fire double. Because uh, I think it was on the hour, so about 60 minutes, and then you scored again after about 63, 64. Um, it must always be good to score goals, but of course, what's it like scoring against a former former club? I don't like doing it. I'll, I'll do it, do you know what I mean? I will do it. When, um, what I want, I won't celebrate. Um, I've, I'm, I'm in, I've, I've played, obviously, I played the Airdrie, and I loved, I, loved, I loved my time anywhere. I played um, I'm in the Airdrie Hall of Fame. Um, but to, to score against them was my job, and I'd done it. But um, to to celebrate, nah, no, really, it's no. It's kind of an insult to injury. You've already done your job, so you don't need to don't need to do it more. Because even when I think later on, in fact, later on that year, I think we we battered them seven one or something. When when just before they were going to go down the tubes, really. Um, and I think Jerry Britton scored. In fact, it was very towards the very end of that season. Uh, Jerry Britton scored a hat trick yeah. as well. And again, uh, there's pictures of me, and then you know I've scored, but I scored and that was it. There was no point in kind of um, adding it. Yeah, you don't do that. Aye. No, no, unless they, if they treated me, if they treated me bad, bad, yes, I would die. You know what I mean? But they didn't. So Aye. no, I think that's. I think that's still a thing that. It's quite nice to see in football, even today. I still, I, I do personally. I do like that. Uh, a lot of people argue it's like no matter what, you know, you've you've had your time there, you've moved away. So you know, it's like David uh, going against Motherwell. He'll always just sort of say, you know, it's like listen, it's my job, and 
and it gets you more respect in the game and, and especially more respect from fans, I think, when when you just sort of go... Well, it's, it's funny because um, there's a story, obviously, it's not Livingston, but in saying that now, given getting this um, respect off the fans, now when I was, I played with Erdry and I played with Hamilton, so they're obviously, they kind of Atlantic sort thing, but there was a game that I was actually, I, I went as a guest, and I sat, I sat in the Erdry end for the first half with Erdry fans, you know, but some of the, the, the Hamilton fans kind of clocked me. But then what I'd done is I swapped over at half time, you know, and I was sitting in there as well, and I was welcoming both sides, you know, they were, they were like, ah, we've got to be, you know, and they're all, you know, they're just having a laugh and a joke about it. So yeah, that, that's nice, and I like that, the fact that I can go and do that still. Aye. No, that's, that's excellent, you know, I mean, I, the way that, because football fans, I think the favourite phrase, football fans are fickle and all this sort of thing. You know, they think once once you move on, that's it. Oh, no, I will never speak to him ever again or anything like that. It's- but it depends. Like, we, we just had a wee conversation. Fans mean a lot to me. You know, mm. the, the, you know people always like our fans' favourite. And mm. every, every player should appreciate the fans. They're, no, my fans. They're fans. You know, they, they, they pay good money. Um, to come see, and if they want to shout me for your shout, well, that's fine. It's, it's no, you know, as long as they're personal, they can have an opinion of the way I'm playing. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same breath, I always like to, you know, if I see fans still, you know, I'll, I'll speak to them when I go when I go to games. Still, I'll, I'll go and I'll sit in the stand, you know, and I'll speak to the fans. How you doing? And oh, it's great to see you. Thanks for talking. No, thanks for talking. Thank, thanks for employing me. You know, so. That, that, that's it, you, you know, so I, I appreciate fans and I think that's why like, I, I don't get any grief off of any fans that I've, I've ever played. That summer we brought in Jerry Britton and once again you formed a great partnership with him and Bingham, um, scoring a whopping 41 of our 60 goals that season between the three years. Uh, how did you find a partnership adding Jerry Britton into the equation? Again, Jerry Britton, I'm still pals with Jerry Britton to this day. I still, you know, just chat away with him again on Facebook and stuff. Um, he, was, he was another fantastic player. Again, he, easy to play with. He, he kind of knew your strengths, you know, and, and I kind of knew his. Um, and, and, it, and it worked. You know, and Bingy just, Bingy could play with anybody, really. So, I Absolutely. You uh, you scored a double in a game against Inverness at Ammonville. Uh, there was a goal where Britain sent sent you through and goal, and we took poke and the keeper. Man, that's got to be one of your finest goals, surely. That was unreal. Uh, well, I, it was it was a great goal. But I'll tell you, I, can, I think I can remember m- 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 one of my p- memories of a great a better goal. Um, yep. We played side. And Big Marv was in the team for that time. Uh, Big Marv was playing centre half, and he's kind of wrestled so, somebody off a boat. And you know, it's just he's big. Big Marv's just Big Marv, so he kind of threw somebody out the road. Um, but but I was I was a wee, But then it's been played up to Bingy. I've just kept my run going, just kept going, 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 and then Bingy slipped it through. It was against Clyde. Um, Bingy slipped it through to me, and I've picked it up just inside. The, the the Clyde calf ran on and cut inside big Paddy Q, Q on, and and then just hit one with my left peg into the top corner. I, I've got it somewhere. It, it's it's I can't admit it. It's somewhere, and I, I think it might be on. It's on my Facebook or something. That's but somebody's got it. 
You know, it's the, the quality is not great. It was on it was on football first. Oh, um, but yeah. I, the, 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 the hanging goal I've still I've still got somewhere as well. That that goal against the Inverness Cala, the chip. I mean, the other goal that day I think was um was it, where was that? Um we Derek Fleming. The Tino bring it in, swing it in for the left and I came across the keeper and just got a foot on it just to, to guide it in. That first season in the first division ended with, I suppose, the disappointment of, uh, well, disappointment in the management fourth place, but still, I suppose we were tipped for to win the division that year. I think we were, um, and to be fair, it was a difficult league. You know, yeah. it, it, it wasn't easy. It was, it was difficult because the, the first division is a very difficult league to get out. You see, you see when you're, you're doing it, even the Premiership teams have fallen down, and even now, to get back up into the, the, the SPL and stuff is, is difficult. It's, it's no mean task. Um, and for us, that was basically our kind of first attempt of the first division to do it. But, uh, and, and it never happened, but as time went on, we, we know exactly what happened after that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was a lesson, you know, and, and we learned from it. So, obviously, like, there was changing manager as well with Raymond Stewart leaving and Leishman coming in. I mean, like, I mean, did that have a big part to play or do you think it was just all, I don't know what you were saying there about just the club itself um, needed that lesson? But I think it was fair. Is that what you're asking me? Now that I'm going to say it. No, I wouldn't Ray Stewart shouldn't have been sacked. In my opinion, he should not have been sacked. There was, there was things that happened behind there that, that, that the politics came into it and, and it wasn't fair. Um, he was very, very upset. I remember, I remember him coming into the dressing room and telling us, um, I've, 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 just been, I've just been sacked, was his words. And, you, you know... Some players uh, couldn't go in to him. Um, I, I went in his office and 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 I was embarrassed. You know, I, I was I, I was honest enough to go in and, and, and apologise because at the end of the day, it's results and it's us on that park as well. The, the manager takes the brunt of it all, and, and I remember getting in his office and telling him how really sorry I was. You know that this has happened, and and I felt that I was part responsible. And he's like, and he, I mean, he said me, no, no, I said, Brian, he says, I'm the manager, I, I, I take what happens. And to be fair, he wasn't even doing that bad at the time, so there was politics involved in it, which I kind of, I kind of I kind of prove it, but there was something not right about it that I didn't like. Your uh, third and final season uh, playing with the Lions was uh, you saw you played thirty two games, uh, scoring twice, uh, and oh, I kind of touched on it when I spoke to you earlier. That as the season went on, you were kind of on the bench a lot more. Showed you a photo of, of of me, and you weren't even on the bench that day. And that, that must have been mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. So, uh, well, I, how was that to experience? Given how important you you were the previous. Season. You know, it's, 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 I'm kicking the balls, well, I say, as, you know, you, yeah. and, and, and it's all about choices. I mean, um, when the new management team came in after Ray Stewart was gone, the, the, some, some of my cards were marked after that. Um, David 
Hagen, God rest his soul, was one as well. Um, who never really. Jerry Britton was another. Um, and 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 this is that's when they brought. Um, that was the season they brought Broto in, and you know, and, and Fernandez and stuff. great players. And, and the, the only the only thing you can see, there's nothing you can argue. You can't argue with it because they they, they done with the, the the you know they got the result. They, they got what they wanted. They got the first, won the first division, and then went into the Premiership, and. You know, it's as much as I never get a chance to play in it. I'd, it annoyed me because you know the, 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 it, that kind of proved to me at that time there was no loyalties in football. That that was hit there for me in, in a nutshell. You know that you, you know you, you. It didn't matter what you done in the past, and if new management came in, they didn't fancy that was it. You you were gone. Uh, my contract wasn't finished yet um, when I left the club. I still had a bit to go on it, um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, the day that the day that I left, um, I, I drove out that car park in tears. Um, uh, that, that's that's just and then that's the same for Hamilton. I think. Did you not sign like a sort of an emergency loan for Clyde? For do you know? I, I did because um, again, it's to, 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 towards towards me leaving. It was. I hated the place. I hated it. Right, and it, it, I get, I get, I get sent to do things that I, 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 I don't. I don't really like. I, I don't want to kind of bad mouth, but just some things. With I, I started to get treated like shite. If you, if I'm being honest with you, um, I was told I wasn't to train with the first team squad anymore. I was to go and train with the reserves. So I was. It, it wasn't the director that told me to do that. Put it that way. It wasn't the chairman that told me to do that. I mean, it was, it was Leishman, in fact, it was Leishman that told me. Um, he's like, ah, Brian, you're not training me the first squad anyway. I don't know why I don't know. He just, he done it. I was never an upstart or anything. He just, I wasn't in his plans anymore, so why should he waste time? Um, so stuff like that. I had to go and train with the kids and stuff. And then I was like, you know what, I, I, I don't deserve this. So I, I asked to go and loan. And then uh, obviously I did. I went to Clyde uh, happily. Um, and then when I come back, I, I actually I went on the tour that Holland. Um, but you know it was kind of a case of listen, you're not going to be in the squad. You're not even going to get stripped. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get that. And somebody had already made up their mind, so it, it was it was time to leave. Um, so hi. <laughs> it's so weird for us as fans, like when we think of that, because. Just the influx of players, you know, even if we do include, you know, obviously a lot of those players we got from Airdrie, as you said. Um, but then that summer, just as well, it was all just... But at the end of the day, it must be good to not be forgotten about given all those players that, you know, like, at, at the time, yeah, but on hindsight, you know, like you're, you're a legend, you know, so... No, absolutely. Don't go wrong. See, see, the thing is, I, I, there's nothing I can say um, because the, the the club would want to do well. See, see, see what happened in the in the club were doing shite and they never get into the you, you know and never done well in the in the Premier League that first year and stuff. Then I might have something to moan about. But you know, you look at it and you look at the results and look where they ended. I think the fourth or something didn't. Was it that year? I started that season. Yeah. Well, there we go. So. I'd need comeback. 
you know, the, the way I was treated, nah, that didn't, it was a wee bit shite if you ask me, but um, apart from that, um, I've I, I absolutely no argument of the, the, the club's performance. Well, there was also that um, sort of incredible spree that Leishman went on uh, after the 4-0. We got beat 4-0 off of Wraith Rovers. That's great. And then immediately... That's the boss, Stevie Tosh. Andrews. That was Andrews, because Andrews, Tosh, and Alex Burns. Alex Burns. They were the three players that scored the four goals, and within a week, they were in the Livingston side. It was just mental. There you go. There you go. Decent players were getting pushed out, because it's almost like, you you know, you're saying with that sort of Rangers-Celtic thing, like being uh, the Rangers and Celtic of the lower leagues, it's like essentially in that first division uh, season. That's essentially what we were doing. We were just buying or buying uh-huh. players because they were played well against us. You know, it was like uh, Broto and uh, Fernandez came in. Fernandez, uh-huh. beat us in the challenge group. That's right. <laughs> Broto saves a few penalties. David Fernandez scored one, and then automatically you've got him signed up. Next thing that's it. The following week, you, you, walk, you walk into the dressing room and you're like, "Ah, can hear me? I take it again, you know? Is that many bodies? Aye. So, what what was the atmosphere like when when it started to become like the dressing room started to go from like you know I could sort of tight net squad at the beginning of the season and then just kept. You know, ah. That's when, for, for for me, that's when Livingston start l- losing its family side. You know, because it, before then, I mean, there was, I, I think he was maybe a wee bit young, but we had a karaoke one night, and the fans, with the fans around the, the, the nightclub, around the corner, around the back, and things like that didn't happen anymore. You know, it, 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 it wasn't. It, it, it kind of changed. It, it didn't seem to be the family club it used to be. You know, when, when we first started out, and, and you, I don't know if you've noticed that more, but I, I noticed. That. I, don't, I don't know how you get the family thing back. I don't know if it's maybe just my imagination. But for, for fans I've spoken to over the years, like it's not the same anymore. So your final goal for for Livingston came in in the. You mentioned already the, the, the same. It was a 5 0 thrashing of uh, former club Airdrie, um, who were at that stage in financial difficulties. And I think, with, with what, because uh, we've had Barry Wilson on, we've had David, um, David Bingham on, and everything like that. So they were basically saying, you know, we've managed to absolutely, because we just won the league on the Saturday against Inverness 3 2. Um, which I, again, that, that the, the party after that must have been uh, insane. Um, but you know, so it was essentially our reserve side. Um, That's what it was kind of called. Uh, absolutely thrashing them. So I mean, I know that you've kind of already answered this, but uh, at that stage, so like right at the end of that season, did you know whether or not you had any plans to be retained for the following season, or was it more? Towards the like in the sort of post season that that everyone. It was the post season. Um, I, I basically, um, I, I remember that game when we played them, and it was Jerry Britton. I'm sure Jerry Britton scored a hat trick that day. 
Yep. I brought uh, yeah, and... Aye. Aye. So he we we all kinda knew then there was kinda hmm hmm don't know what's happening but, but um I think J- Jerry knew then. I remember Jerry saying that that's me done, that's it. Um, me and David Hagen were still kinda hanging on and we went to we went to Holland the pre season tour. And then it, after that that was, that was it, really. Uh, it, it was, it was kind of curtains because I was told then um, when, the, when the season started that the last thing would have cost him anymore. Um, you're, you're playing with kids, you know, all that sort of stuff. Kind of try to push me out the door, really. Um, inevitably, you know, I was, I was like, you know, I, I'm, I've got a bit of stink, I've got a bit of pride about me. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting up with this thing. You know, and, and I left as, as good as a terms as I could. You know, I just was like, listen, this is it. When, when you see the chairman, uh, Dominic Keane at the time, and I, and I knew Dominic before I even kicked the ball when he, when he used to run the pubs. And I was like, I says, listen, I, I, I don't feel happy here anymore. You know, you, I'm, I'm getting treated. I'm not getting treated fairly. Um, a wee bit of respect. You know, and, and he's like, oh, Brian, it's just the way things are at a club. And I was like, I said, that's fair enough. I said, but, you know, if we can sit down and out, we'll have a wee chat. I think it's time for me to go. Um, and, and then that was it, really. So. Just before we get on to your five-a-side then, uh, the last time, certainly, that I saw you uh, on our television screens was in a brief cameo on Burniston. I believe was that it's you? It's you, man. Yes, yes. I tell you, that was, it was so weird because I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, "Holy fuck, that's Brian McPhee!" Like immediately, like, I wasn't paying any attention to what was going on in the scene apart from Brian McPhee's buying an ice cream, like on Burniston. What is going on here? Uh, so it was definitely you. So how how on earth did that happen? What what happened there? Right, so, right, okay, I'll let, I'll let you in the secrets now, right, I'll let you tease this. Um, I was sitting one night watching uh, River City, okay? I let the, the, the awkward silence there, but I was watching it. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm sitting watching it, and then all of a sudden, there was a pub scene, and then I was like, ah, that's one of my pals. She's doing River City. So I'm, like, I'm on the phone right away. I'm like, yeah. I tell you, Derek and Michael used to play him at Queens Park, and I played with him at Canvas Flying Rangers. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing on River City? And he's like, what the fuck are you doing watching it? I was like, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so and I was like, okay, Tushy, you've got me. I says, then, I think it's the story there. And he told me, he says, well, I do extra work. And I'm like, hey, I mean, they get me involved in that. I, I want to do that for a laugh to see how this is all about. And he got me involved in it. So, I ended up doing Burniston. But, have you, seen, have you seen the film Angel Share? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Right at the start, I'm a copper at throwing them out of court. I'm, I'm dressed as a copper. <laughs> you can actually, you'll see me now that I've said to you. But <laughs> I could have pictured the scene. Fucking hell. <laughs> Finally then, uh, can you share with us, uh, so we, we gave you a wee heads up about this before we started, but of course, can you share with us who is in your Livingston Dream 5-a-side, 
You, of course, don't have to choose a goalkeeper, but you can if you want. You can play yourself. I'll choose a goalkeeper. I will choose a goalkeeper. You will choose a goalkeeper. Excellent. Yeah. Tangles, big eagle. Right, big Ian McCombe. Yes. Tangles, eagle. Playing as as my kind of back guys, I would have Big Marv, Paul Diaz, um, on the other side, funny, I would I have Jerry Britton oh, and David Bingham. That, that, that would be my, that would be my ones. Uh-huh. That's a, I mean, there was even no hesitation from yourself. Absolutely no hesitation about that. Yeah. I mean, no, Jerry, no, no, no. most of the time when you get the, you know, when we ask that question, there's like, there's like, Ten minutes of explaining why you know why it's not no, like John Miller. I, I mean, I can. <laughs> John Miller's alright, but um, can I looking for you know guys that are, you know Jerry Brennan score goals for you all day long and what where he is and and Bingy's got the the kind of ability just to to play the wee that that wee turn pass. And then you've got Big Marv at the back just to stop everything, and then you've got Deezy as well, just fucking it'll shoot through. That's honestly that everyone's faultless there. Absolutely brilliant. Eagle as well. So good. So that is us for another week, my fellow felines. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you listen to us on all your favourite streaming sites. And why don't you check out our old interviews? Especially the one with my best friend, Alan Preston. Also, David Fernandez and David Bingham, and lots more. Forza Lovey, see you next week.